The Tavern, the tavern in, in Question. question. Oh. See, we would have been fine if your inflection didn't change like halfway through it and then you fucked me up. Wait. I my inf- oh I'm sorry for like yeah. you know wanting to yeah, s- like just- express something with other than just monotone bullshit. No, you were just like and I was just like oh my god, it's like okay, hang on. Who are those fellows down at the end of the bar? Those are the McGlynn boys. It's best to just let them be and listen to what they gotta say. Ask if you must, drink if you want, and disregard the rules, because this, this is the Tavern Question. Here we go again. It's another Thursday night. It's roughly around 7.30-ish. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Tavern in Question. I'm Ian. That's Josh. I'm pointing over to him. You can't see him. You're in podcast land. You're just listening. So just imagine, right, this handsome figure, backwards hat, whiskey helps a hoodie, pointing over to that handsome fellow over there, the bald guy with the headphones and the Star Wars paraphernalia hanging up on the ground behind him. Uh, it's so so you can get the visual right and i i think that's a really important distinction uh to point out right now in this very moment because behind joshua if you were looking at his screen you see all kinds of wonderful eclectic things of star wars nature and an irish flag and all of these wondrous uh various things and then behind me you have approximately 9700 gallons of whiskey and that's it so we definitely have a difference in uh, in priority here but uh put those things together and you have one hell of a show which you stumbled upon or you're a regular listener either way welcome it's good to see you we're glad you're here hi josh hi how are you Good, but see this this cabinet that I have back here, and I'm and again I'm gesturing in the screen. You know, podcasters can't can't see this, but it will eventually be a whiskey cabinet. I'm gonna put some shelves in there. I'm gonna have some nice lights so it will light up from the inside. So it it's it's gonna be good. Um, it's just taking time to get there, and and I have to. I'm I'm in the midst of redecorating and doing other stuff with the studio space because. It's been the same way for a long time right now, and I'm like, hey, we need to change it up. We need to we need to do something. So I'm it, it's in it's a work in progress. Let me say that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Work in progress. That that that's all you can ask for, man. That's all you can ask for. Slow and do. steady, and uh, you know, next thing you know, you're gonna snap your fingers, and uh, we'll be back on Twitch, and your studio will look completely different than what it did. Probably wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Well, I am excited to be here. I am excited to uh, to sit down and chat. We've got a very interesting topic of discussion tonight. We got a long way to go before we get to that conversation. But uh, but I've been doing some and crazy thing. I never research for this show. My other show, I have to do exhaustive research, and and I got to spend a lot of time with a lot of really boring material. So I, I like to come here and just kind of like you know, shoot from the hip and not really worry about it. You know, there aren't going to be a bunch of history nerds freaking like asking me to cite my sources correctly and all these other bullshit. Right. You know, uh, but man, I, I kind of went into, it got into some of the weeds on what we're going to talk about later and, um, amazing and terrifying. Oh yes. Uh, 
but super cool. So folks, you're going to want to hang around and, uh, and stick to that. And if you want to bypass the news desk and, uh, and what we're drinking, you can, and just go straight to the end. Uh, it, it'd be super cool. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So, uh, with that, uh, before we get there, we can't get there without going to the news desk. So Joshua, if you wouldn't mind, please, sir, let's go. Breaking news today, actor Alec Baldwin and the armor for the movie Rust are officially being charged with involuntary manslaughter. Now, for some of you who are going, what does that mean? Uh, Because it's been a while since it's been in the news. On October 21st of 2021, uh, on a film scene in New Mexico, uh, there was some confusion about a gun and bullets and uh, on the filming, on the set of filming this movie uh, named Rust, Alec Baldwin was handed a gun that was supposed to have blanks in it. It did not have blanks in it. Uh, he shot uh, the the cinematographer for this movie uh, was standing uh, next to the camera. He shot the, the, uh, the gun that had live bullets, uh, killing the cinematographer and uh, whose name was uh, Helena Hutchins and injuring the producer that was standing next to her. So uh, obviously there's it's bits that that story's been around for a hot minute and uh, and there's there's a lot to unpack with that one, but the the DA in New Mexico came out and said, hey, uh, just because he's an actor doesn't mean he gets a freebie. He took an action now somebody's dead, so they gotta be held accountable. So obviously lawyers for both uh, Alec Baldwin and, the uh, the armor are saying, hey, it was blah, 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 blah. But there were, after this happened, there were all kinds of reports that this set was not in good shape and not mm-hmm. in compliance with multiple safety factors, uh, multiple issues that were found once. I mean, obviously, when somebody dies, especially when somebody dies from a gunshot wound, um, you know, they, they tend to look at stuff and uh, they went through yeah. a bunch of stuff and they found a lot of issues with this in particular. So uh, so I, I, I'm kind of glad, though, I got to tell you, because one of the things that came out and I know I, I, I kind of take this for granted because my training with guns has been very different than most and military folks. You know, the very first thing you do is when you receive a gun is you check it and make sure it's clear um, and you know, you make sure everything's good to go with it, and then you go do your thing with it. Um, you you are responsible for checking that weapon system, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess he didn't do. No, and hey. so it, you know. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, you say that um, there is a a clip, and I think it was on. It was the set of either the Bad Boys movie or it was. Um, like pre-production of uh, Suicide Squad with Will Smith. And there's a there's a table in front of him. There's a whole bunch of guns on it, and there's a lot of the cast and stuff like that. Somebody picks up one of the guns and starts looking at it, and the way the camera's set, you see Will Smith eye the gun and immediately slaps the, like, the, the, the barrel away from him, takes the gun, and checks it. Immediately checks it. And then, like, he, like, you know, pulls it back to where you can clearly tell it's not loaded and then hands it back. <laughs> and it's, like, clearly somebody who has taken a minute with gun safety. But my question is, 
What do you need live ammunition for on the set of a movie? You're firing blanks anyway. Why do you need live ammunition? It's, some of the shots they take are real. Why? Um, they, authenticity. Uh, uh, oh, give me a fucking break, I, dude. I don't. It, it, I don't know. You would have to ask uh, somebody in the the film industry that's a little bit smarter than that. But like, I, there's reasons why I can see, I can see value in having actual ammunition and shooting scenes that are that use actual ammunition. Um, you know, the same way. Uh, I, I mean, it wasn't bullets, but uh, uh, Robin Hood with um, uh, Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, him they were they were filming one of the scenes, and they were in the woods. Him and Morgan Freeman, right, and a rabbit comes out, and well, Kevin Costner draws and kills the rabbit. You know what I mean? Like it's a real arrow, right? Well, uh, you know, but yeah, I'll- but so, but all that to say, like, there's there's some things that you know uh, y- you do for authenticity, right? And you and and it can be done, and it can be done safely, provided people are doing. And ultimately, if you touch a gun. You are responsible, period, right? Yeah. Um, the excuse of uh, my 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 personal assistant didn't check and clear the gun for me. That no, no, and and I'm so glad that that these charges are coming because that like so your personal assistant's going to get charged and the armorer is getting charged. Mm-hmm. You know the person who is responsible, like that's their whole job on set. They failed their job. They gave Alec Baldwin a gun that should have had blanks in it, so they didn't check. But Alec Baldwin also fired the gun towards people without checking to make sure that. And and blanks. I don't know if you've ever seen a blank round, right? Mm. So if you look at a casing, right, the the casing that the the bullet like sits in, right, um, it's it, there's a brass or aluminum like casing and then the copper bullet or whatever the, the, the bullet is on top. Uh, very, very, very distinct difference. A blank is just the casing and the top of the casing is crimped. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's impossible to like, to, to mistake the two. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so had he checked, had he had he opened up, and I'm not sure if it was a revolver. It had to be a revolver because it's an old Western movie. So had right. he had he had he opened the breach, right, and looked. Shit, he didn't even need to do that. Had he just turned the gun around and looked at the freaking, uh, you know, at Wait, the center part, been like, yeah, well, yeah, hey, those, those are real bullets, right? Um, but when a gun's pointed at your face and you can see that there's real bullets in it, maybe that would change his perspective of things. You know, um, he fired a gun that had real bullets in it. It killed somebody. His fault. You know, did he intend to murder that person? No, no. I don't. I don't believe his intent was to kill somebody. I don't believe the armor's intent was to kill somebody. But negligence killed somebody, and mm. they need to pay the price for that, for sure. For sure. Yeah. No. It's 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 negligence on on a number of levels, and the fact that there's like a like a a, a chain of people that kind of led this up to the point where somebody lost their life. Like that's, that's incredibly unfortunate, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so do you only go after the person who shot the gun or do you go after the people who handled the gun? Like, you know, who do you go? But at the same time, like I've even heard some people say like, well, why weren't the production crew behind safety glass? It's like, okay, if they were shooting blanks, why would they have to be behind safety glass? It's like, what what fucking difference does it make? And it's, I've heard a lot of back and forth with this. And there was even like talk for a while that like 
somebody in the crew had it out for the the cinematographer and like switched it out and like you know bullshit like that. And it's like one, how the fuck do you prove that? Like chances are that bullet has who knows how many fingerprints on it. That gun has who knows how many fingerprints on it. It's like how do you how do you even begin to to run that rabbit hole if you if you plan to? But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters, it doesn't matter whose prints are on it, doesn't matter who loaded it, doesn't matter all of those things. Mm-hmm. The weapon was discharged, right? And, and here's yeah. the thing about guns, right? Guns are just paperweights until somebody applies force to the trigger mechanism, making mm-hmm. them dangerous. Okay, so unless there's a human fucking intentional act, the gun is not dangerous. The person makes it dangerous, right? So that person didn't check their weapon, knowing that they, and and there's times where like, you know, like you'll see like, where's my camera? Oh, there's my camera, right? So like to get the shot, right? They point the gun at the camera to get, and that's kind of what happened, right? So there was a, a the, the aiming point was somewhere near the camera and boom. And, you know, knowing that a, a discharge, a, and, and even if it's just ammunition going off, right, there's still stuff that comes out of the barrel and it's coming out at thousands of feet per second, which is enough to like, that's what killed Bruce Lee was a mm-hmm. blank. It wasn't a bullet, right? There was gunk. There was stuff in the barrel that came out and hit him and killed him. Right. Mm-hmm. So even blanks aren't hundred percent safe, but, there isn't an actual projectile that's attached to it, right? But I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Um, old boy pulled the trigger. Yeah. Right? He pulled the trigger. He is ultimately responsible because yeah. his finger caused that. So regardless of who loaded what, he didn't check it, and he pulled the trigger. He's at fault. Um, sure. And, no, and I, now, I the safety that. people, the people whose jobs it is to make sure that that – ammunition is separated by scene by safety by type right and then the people who check the double checkers right because when you're dealing with with ammunition when you're dealing with weapon systems you probably should have three or four people check right in the army i can't walk off of a rifle range without having a at least one person check me yeah you know and and (laughs) we're wearing body armor and helmets and all kinds of crazy shit right so like you know, huge, huge difference. So, so that person bears responsibility too, but I was just, uh, I'm glad to see that Alec Baldwin's getting, and at the end of the day, I don't think he'll serve a day in prison or anything like that. I think he'll, his lawyer will get him out on some freaking technicality or some bullshit. Or they'll just end up settling out of court for some shit. But like, even though no, it's a criminal case, it's not a civil case. They can't really settle, but there'll be a, there'll be a, some sort of plea deal worked out where he pleads guilty and doesn't serve a day or time. Probably not. Which, is unfortunate. Like there was um, not a similar issue, but there was a there was an issue I I remember years ago where this guy was making like independent film in uh, New York City, and apparently if you use um, something that is even gun like, you have to get a particular permit when you film. It was either he didn't get the correct permit or he didn't get one at all, even though there was no actual real firearm. It was 100% fake. Definitely couldn't shoot a bullet. It might be able to shoot a plastic BB. I don't remember the exact details. But, like, this nobody was looking at 
years, years in prison because he simply didn't have a particular permit. I'm like, okay, that's fucked. Now, the fact that in this situation, somebody lost their life and it's a good likelihood that he probably won't see the inside of a jail cell is bullshit. I don't care who you are. You can be the most famous person in the world or you could be Joe Schmo across, the, you know, down the road or whatever. If if you do if you do something that results in somebody dying, guess what? You go to jail. Go to jail. Uh, there there should be no question about it. I don't fucking care who he is. Yep. But but that's just me. No, you're right and I agree. 100% agree that uh, you know, I take responsibility for your actions. Your actions took somebody's life. You know? It was a mistake, it was an accident for sure. Nobody's taking that away. Like you know, there wasn't intent to murder somebody that day, but your actions did cost somebody else their life. And mm-hmm. there's responsibility that should be paid there. So, but yeah, no, he, he can afford a really good lawyer and really good lawyers can get you out of some stuff. Like, you know, the, the independent filmmaker in New York probably didn't have, you know, $10 million to put down out of his retainer on a lawyer, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so you probably got a public defender who was, you know, two days out of law school going, uh, your honor, I'd like to, uh, uh, go pee, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, yeah, man, but, uh, but we'll see, we'll, we'll check back in on this and see what actually transpires. I mean, shit, it's taken, this was October of 21. So it's been a year and three months just to file charges against them, right. To conclude yeah. that this, you know, like these people are actually responsible for her death. So, you know, God knows the court proceedings probably will go on for the next five years. But oh. if we're still doing this, we'll do a follow up and see what happens. <laughs> for sure. So, uh, anyway, Josh, over to you. All right. So there was a uh, an announcement made by uh, a gaming company uh, that goes by the name of Ubisoft. They are getting their own chance at making a Star Wars game. Now, that by itself has me super excited. And all of you know that I am a fucking crazed romantic lover of Star Wars because it's it's just the best. So, a little bit of background for those who don't know. Uh, Disney acquired um, LucasArts in early uh, 2010. Or maybe even a little bit before that. Uh, anyways, um, the first gaming company to get a license to be able to start making Star Wars games again was a, a company by the name of EA. Now, I mostly know them for sports games. EA basically, Sports. It's in the game. It's in the game. Yeah, so basically any sports game that I've ever played has always been made by them. So I was a little hesitant that they got it. Um, they made uh, the first uh, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2. They're fun to play, in my opinion. They're not great, but they're fun to play. Now, you have a company who is responsible for the Assassin's Creed series. You have their do the Splinter Cell series. They have a, a, a number of other games, some of them you know, smaller, some of them more larger scale. They are getting their hands on Star Wars, which I'm trying to say optimistic, but with the way the Assassin's Creed series has gone, my, that optimism is, um, is being well-reserved. It has become even more reserved when they made a comparison about how this game is going to play. Now, for those who listen who are little gamers, 
Um, you'll know and recognize the name No Man's Sky, which is a sci-fi, um, not a fantasy, but you know, sci-fi exploration game where the game basically starts out, you wake up on a random planet in a randomly generated universe, and you figure out how to play the game. That's it. <laughs> it's that game had a huge struggle in the beginning, but that a company ran by twelve people made that game amazing. And I still play that game now. And it came out in shit. Like fuck, I'm gonna because I don't remember. It it's been a while, but it's been great. So the fact that they are making a comparison of a Star Wars game being like this game, I'm like, whoa, that gives me huge pause. Because that game had to struggle to get to a good spot. Now, Ubisoft in recent uh like recent days hasn't been doing very well. Like particularly like with their um um they had a uh, like a stockholders meeting recently and the CEO basically told the company, "Um the success of this stuff is kind of up to you guys." And it's like, "Uh, excuse me?" It's like, "No, we work for you." <laughs> it's like that that's not how this works and and so uh, so, again, I want to be very excited about this. But as soon as they made a comparison to another game that was made by a much smaller company that worked very, very hard to get it where it is now, it, it's, it definitely pulls me back a little bit because some of their games that I've really been into have, have started to struggle. And I'm like, okay... You know, you, you could fuck this up. You really could fuck that. You know, EA fucked it up. You guys need to do better. And if you do, cool. If not, then... So, I I always have an issue when when people compare a game with an already existing game. Because then that, that gives me kind of like a, a state of mind of what it should be and what I should expect from it. Make your own game. Let... Let those connections to other games come later. That that doesn't need to be something that builds up. And they've already said that, you know, it, it's still a few years out. And it's like, okay, so then why make that comparison now? You you still have no idea what your game is. You yeah. may know what you want it to be, but don't make that comparison now because you're not you're nowhere fucking near there. And and the folks who made No Man's Sky will tell you, hey, we did not do very good with our PR in the beginning because guess what? Our game was absolute trash when it came out. <laughs> so, but but again, I it's a reserved optimism, which is is very difficult, <laughs> especially if it was Star Wars. If it was just another game that I was excited about, I could I could let it go. But the fact that it's Star Wars and they're making that comparison, uh, it's it's not good. Not good. So, it, I think your level of fandom is is getting in the way because, oh. it, and and here's the deal: like it it has the name Star Wars on it, so it's going to be a success. Now, whether or not people hate it or not, it doesn't fucking matter, right? There's a million fucking people who are going to go out and buy it because it's Star Wars, and and here's the deal: Ubisoft's going to make a shit ton of money because. You know, everybody's going to go out and buy the greatest, latest, you know, new Star Wars game. Now, whether it sucks or not, it does. After that, it doesn't matter. 
because money's already spent. Mm -hmm. They've already paid for it. Everybody's salaries are paid. They're good to go. Um, the, the more concerning thing for me lately has been, cause I, I read, uh, it was an email, I guess that the CEO put out, um, mm -hmm. that accidentally went like company wide and was like, Hey, hey don't fuck this up. You know, kind of right. like, you know, like I'm getting my bonus, but y'all might be fucked, you know, that like, and, mm -hmm. and everybody's like, Oh, fuck you. Um, and, and so I think those, those issues, they, those present a bigger challenge than than the game itself because it's i mean dude you could throw uh you know fucking shoots and ladders put star wars on shoots and ladders and it would be a resurgence you know the highest selling board game in history right right now because right. it's just it, because of nerds like you and there's millions of them on the planet and they're all gonna buy mm -hmm. it um and so it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing um mm -hmm. so well see and that's and that's the thing though it's all, at least in my mind, yes, I'm excited about it, Star Wars, but there are other companies who are currently working on their own Star Wars games that I am more excited about. Um, Quantic Dream, uh, they did um, Detroit, Becoming Human, Beyond Souls, Heavy Rain, um, a lot of very cinematic video games, mm -hmm. which they, they play completely different. They definitely immerse you in the storytelling. They give you more options and you know it's 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 a different way of playing games now they have one call uh coming called star wars eclipse which the trailer for that tells you absolutely nothing about the game other than that a company that's known for making intense games is getting their hands on star wars which that's pretty fucking cool because if they can treat Star Wars with the same type of uh, energy that they've treated the rest of their games with, oh shit, man, I'm more excited about that than something that's been compared to No Man's Sky. But wait. Okay. Are the games <laughs> going to be added to the canon? And here's the no. deal. So you shake your head, but there have been times where like, we're watching these, uh, you know, uh, Obi-Wan or Mando or freaking book of fucking, I don't even know what the, the rest of that thing was. It was a Star Wars something that had Boba Fett in it. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, or Andor, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, this is da-da-da-da-da-da. Who did da-da-da-da-da-da with da-da-da-da-da-da? And there was this great fight scene on da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where did all that, where is that storyline? Ooh. Well, it started with this video game and then it was picked up by Rebels and then it went over to freaking Bad Batch. And now it's like, dude. So, okay. so the cinematic part of it, it can be a pretty game. But let me tell you, if they put more lore and more storyline into a video, I'm not a video gamer. I don't play them, right? I, and, and there should not be Star Wars storyline in anything that I cannot directly access via TV or movie or book. So don't put fucking new canon out there in a fucking video game. I don't I don't believe the game's considered to be canon. Um I think all the new shows, especially after uh Disney picked it up, anything that Disney made, because Disney made a very public announcement of saying we will not accept any expanded universe items um that came out before we acquired uh LucasArts. So basically everything other than the movies that had come out before they bought it um did not count um but now well because disney has ownership of it 
and now they can say this is connected with this. And which, as of right now, it looks like they're just doing that with the shows and the movies, which honestly is a good move. If you want everything to be connected that way, that's great. Um, Marvel did the same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where yeah. um, the show picked up after key moments of of where the movies happened. Like, there was one episode where they were literally cleaning up after something big happened in one of the Marvel movies. You know, it. You know, so they, they make connections. So there that will happen. Um, the games, I don't think that will be the case. Just because more times than not, the games that are made are much more big and they're meant just for entertainment value. Like the Battlefront games have no bearing on any Star Wars lore. They're just they're just, you know, shoot 'em up games and that's that's all they're for. Um now there are some stories from the games, like earlier games, like before Disney had it, that I would love to see incorporated into shows or whatever, but because those are considered expanded universe, there's no guarantee for that. So so my my last little bit on this is uh, Ubisoft, don't fuck it up. <laughs> you have an opportunity to do something amazing. One don't job, fuck bitches. It. You have one job. Right. Your Assassin's Creed series has been tanking since Black Flag, so you better fucking get your shit together. Well, they made the movie. As soon as they make the movie, the game goes to shit. Yeah, I fell asleep through that, which was very unfortunate for me. I didn't even start it. I I don't fall asleep in movies, especially if it's a movie I haven't seen before. I crash like 20 minutes into it. So, yeah. Fair point. And I was excited that for I was excited for that movie too. But oh well. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us here at the news desk. Let's go uh head on over and see uh see the bartender for some booze. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are now at Hey Bartender, the part of the show where we drink and we talk and we share what it is we're drinking. Uh, so tonight's going to be a little bit different. So uh, Josh is uh, is not drinking this evening. I am drinking alone, which sounds incredibly sad unless you're me. That just means I get more great whiskey to myself. So I'm okay with that. I don't have to share tonight, uh, which is wonderful. Uh but uh, but Josh is sipping water, so he's just going to sit there and look pretty for the next little bit while I talk about what I'm drinking. Uh, unless Josh, of course, you would like to share here the vintage and uh, and style of which of of water that you are are currently sipping. No, I'm good. Tap 2023. Yeah, pure Michigan. Pure Michigan. <laughs> There's a Flint joke in there about the water, but I'm going to leave that alone for now. <laughs> I don't yeah, think, I don't think we're I don't think we're joking yet. Phase for that, but uh, so uh, they've so, heard it already, so it's okay. Uh, well, fuck me, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, let me get my shit together over here. We'll edit all this out on the podcast. So uh, tonight, I have grabbed a bottle of. Early Times Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now, Early Times has a really great history, uh, which dates back like pre-Civil War. Uh, Beam family, right? So uh, Jim's brother 
you know, oh shit, I don't even know. Uh, Earl? David. Uh, I think it was David, uh, right? So Jim Beam's brother David has a son named Jack, and Jack, his real name's Henry, uh, puts together a recipe for bourbon, starts making it, um, and it lasts. Uh, the They have this, they have bottles of this still uh, from like pre-prohibition era, and uh, the recipe remains relatively the same now. It is not a Beam product. It's a Brown Foreman product. Dun, dun, dun. So think uh, like Woodford Reserve and Old Forester, those those folks, right? Um, it comes out of the Brown Foreman Distillery now. Uh, it is uh, 79% corn, 11% rye, 10% malted barley. Now, Brown Foreman is notorious for using their 72-18-10 uh, recipe, but this kind of pushes back against that hmm. a bottle and bond that it would be good to like like put up like one for one both beam well you know kind of beam products right so if you went up against like old granddad old granddad bottled and bond is like super spicy and like it's like a little punchy um this mm-hmm. is not this is freaking candy and it's wonderful uh it comes out it's it's a regular thing so it's at least we know because it's bottled and bond it's at least four years old but other than that we don't know anything uh proof again we know 50 percent abv 100 percent uh 100 percent geez 100 proof uh it is constantly being made however it's hard to find because it is cheap it's wicked fucking cheap so it only gets sold in liter bottles and those liter bottles go for about 20 bucks 25 bucks it's good booze and it's super cheap and it's another one of those bottles that i love because it it has the fuck you lid yep (laughs) dude and i wish i wish we were streaming right now so the people freaking could see it or we were recording this anyway because i'm holding the bottle in my hand and you're gonna see me i'm just gonna flick this cap oh i never get this on the there you go there you go Got it. <laughs> and I caught it with the other hand, which is pretty funny. Oh, cool. nice. So, uh, so it, it's got it. That's 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 the fuck you Friday lids, right? And you get home, you're just like, fuck you. You know, you just pop that bitch off and off you go. But, uh, but the whiskey itself is really good. It's it's really quite wonderful. It is very, very a lot of caramel right off right off the top. Very sweet, not a lot of spice, not a lot of pepper. It's got a great finish at that hundred proof. It's nice and just gives you that good Kentucky hug. Everything's really nice and warm. Um, and it's also it, it's got some fun story to it, which is you know one of my favorite parts of whiskey is just a, a silly story, right? So you got a product that's been around since the Civil War. It's still out and about. You know, it took a time out like most bourbons did in the uh the the 70s and 80s because bourbon almost died and um but it's now making a comeback coolest thing so what i like to see stores do because this this is a pretty highly sought after whiskey because it's so good and it's also so cheap uh what i like to see stores do is it's not allocated but they don't let people buy all of it so I got this store at the Megabev there in Battle Creek, Michigan. And uh, when I, I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, like you have this. And right on the box, written in giant letters, one per customer. Made me so happy. Um, you know what I mean? Just because that meant that there was going to be more for everybody. And and that's the shit I like to see. I love it when stores do that, when the stores worry about everybody. 
So no, you can't have freaking the entire case. You get one and you go about your day. Now, if you come back in tomorrow and you buy another one, that's fine, but whatever, you know, you're not taking the whole case with, you're not clearing off the shelf right now. So you can go flip it on the secondary. Not that this has a big secondary market following, um, but it's stuff people buy a lot of like to, to get because it's, it is really good whiskey. I think that's one that I've seen a couple of times that I've, I've said, you know, maybe I should grab that, you know, and, and for some reason I always end up not, and it's, it's one I'll definitely add to my list and I'll, uh, I'll make sure to pick it up. So it's really good, man. It's really really good. I just crossed off uh, a bottle that was on my list and that was the, uh, the widow Jane that I, uh, Mm. I sent you the picture of. Yeah. Like I I haven't been able to drink a lot of whiskey recently, but I told myself I was going to suffer through and have a glass of that and let me tell you man, that shit was no joke. So if if this stuff is is that cheap and it's that good, I I definitely need to have a bottle on my bar. You you do. Uh for sure. And I can tell you like finding it's in Michigan, it's a little bit easier because it, it is only sold in certain states. Uh, North Carolina is also one of those states, so I'm really excited now that I can go and keep my eyes out for it. And now that I think about it, I do remember seeing it in the store in Hendersonville, but um, you know, but I have almost a full bottle here, uh, so I wasn't was going to pick up anything else. But uh, where am I going with this? With going back to the Widow Jane. Uh, phenomenal whiskey made by uh, a lady by the name of Lisa Wicker, who is so fucking cool. She's, she is so fucking cool. Um, uh, out of New York and it is, it is great, great whiskey. Was doing a whiskey tasting on uh, Sunday, last Sunday with, uh, uh, my girlfriend's mom and dude, uh, I, I had forgotten. I hadn't had it in a while and yeah. I've got, it's the, the lucky 13 year and, Man, it was one of those deals where like I'm I'm doing the tasting, but I like I, I pour it and I grab it and I nose it. And I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> so it's like, give me a minute, give me just hang on, right? <laughs> give, just give me a sec. So just and, and you just go into like this this total enjoyment phase. It's so well balanced. Uh, it has good flavors and the proofing is beautiful mm. because it's it's warm enough to to let you know that it's a whiskey right it's it's that mm-hmm. it's that good bourbon but it's also not so hot and peppery that it it takes away from from what you're it's just delicate i guess would be the best word it's it's a it but it's hearty at the same time i don't know it's, it's hard to describe i love widow jane good yeah you you definitely done good and they're i mean their their regular product that's on the shelves is 10 years old so well and I found it at a place that I didn't expect to find it at. It was just a little corner shop. Um, I think I got it for 40 bucks. Um, and I honestly, I expected it to be more expensive because I've seen it at other bigger stores and it's, and it has been a little higher than, than what I paid for it. So like, cause I, I, <laughs> we, uh, my wife and I were driving home and we didn't have to go by there. I'm like, Hey, I want to stop in there real quick because I every now and again this bourbon group that I'm in posts and somebody posted about finding some shit at at this place. And the funny thing is, we used to live like right around the corner from this place. And so I went in just kind of looking. And I'm looking. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, they got they got a decent selection. I mean, nothing really screaming at me. 
And then I saw, you know, the little bottle with the white label. I was like, oh, fuck. I just came in just to look. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to get it. <laughs> and so, and then as soon as I got home, I, I had a glass. I was like, oh, man, this is good. Like, this was, this is definitely worth the pain I'm going to feel later. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's good booze, man. Widow Jane is, is good. I have a, a bottle of their 15 year that I haven't opened yet. It's still sitting mm. somewhere up there behind me. But, uh, but actually, that's, that's it right there. Nice. That's the, the 13 to 15s behind it. So I opened that up and, uh, I actually, I saw the 15 in the barrels in the Rick house. Cause I did a tour of their distillery and I asked, I was like, what's that? And they're like, you'll see. <laughs> uh, and then I got an invite to the launch party, uh, later that what? year. So yeah, you know, it was cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it was, uh, was just sitting there in the barrels, just waiting, just waiting. Cause up until that time they had had, uh, the 10 year and they had a 12 year, they really didn't do much. And now they're doing like a single barrel program. So you can get single barrels of it. You can, you know, and they've got different ages now and it's good stuff. It's, it's a big mix of whiskeys. So it's sourced from a couple different places and then it's cut from water. So the widow Jane well, which is somewhere in New York, right. Mm -hmm. Is the, is the water that they use to cut the whiskey, but the whiskey is from, you know, a couple different places. Cause if you look at the bottle, it says whiskey, you know, from Indiana, Kentucky, and whatever. So Indiana, you assume MGP, Kentucky could be fucking anybody. Um, right. And, uh, but anyway, so, uh, but Lisa isn't there anymore, actually. She's, she's moved on. She got picked up by, oh, what's the distillery? Um, to be the master distiller. Uh, she was an interim distiller uh, for Widow Jane, but now she's going to be a master distiller. At, I'll, I'll look here real quick and, and find out in a sec, but... She's going on to make uh, make more whiskey of her nice. very own. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you said forty bucks. So you got the three seventy five. Yeah. Millier. Nice. That was that was the only one they had. But like, and and it's funny because you see all these different types of bottles like that have these particular labels that always have something that stick out. But this one is is just a simple white label with black lettering and it just sits on top of that that deep amber almost red whiskey that's in it and but it sticks out like a sore thumb though and it's it's nice it's nice i like the the font that they use on their labels too it's yeah. kind of like that old school rugged like uh and their their distillery is super cool it's in the middle of red hook uh which is uh you know, Brooklyn, New York, mm -hmm. and it, it's got a chocolate factory like attached to it. It's like a chocolate factory and a distillery. So you can't just do like the distillery tour. You've got to go through the chocolate part of it too, which I didn't give two shits about. Like, I didn't give a fuck about chocolate. I mean, I did a chocolate tasting. Like, I did this VIP tour there, and we're like, I, you know, it was just me and the dude like walking through the whole thing. And then we did it. And dude, all that chocolate tasted. I was like, dude, this tastes like chalk. Like, the, like it's, Aww. it's the decadent, like, you know, it's not like milk, chocolate, creamy, like whatever. Right. And I'm not a chocolate connoisseur. So, oh, this would pair great with what the fuck? <laughs> this tastes like fucking tree bark. Like, like, no. And then they go over and like, oh, these are the stills. And I go, oh, that's poor bastard. Anyway. Yeah, man. But yeah, that's, that's good stuff. The Widow Jane's really good. I really like it. And this, the, the early times is great too. 
So if you're uh, if you're looking for something on a budget, the 750s of the Widow Jane usually usually are, I'm seeing them around like between 65 and 75 dollars. Mm. So they're 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 a little bit more expensive, but it's good. Yeah, it's good whiskey. It is, it is very good. It's very good. All right, well, seeing how you're not drinking, I know, I know. But no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but I think that's gonna wrap it for uh, hey bartender. Kind of short tonight because yeah, oh, there's only I one mean, there's, of us. there's only one of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm go. just gonna sit here and sip our music. And you can... So when we say the words artificial intelligence. Many thoughts come to mind. Many of those thoughts have been influenced by Hollywood, by uh, you know various commercials and the like. And if you are a fan of the Terminator series, you know that artificial intelligence is ultimately going to be our doom. Well, what if I told you that that scenario is actually possible? It's a thing, right? Hollywood has a weird way of predicting the future. Just ask the Simpsons. They see that shit coming a million miles away, and they put it on the freaking cartoons very quickly. Mm. So, uh, but we're going to get into a little bit more of the AI talk tonight. We're going to look at uh, AI, what is it used for, some of the good stuff about it, some of the bad stuff about it, and, uh, and whether or not it's a, it's a doomsday thing. And lately, there's been an explosion, right, of AI art, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to put a pin in this. We're going to come okay. back to the AI art part of it okay. later. All right. All right. Yeah. So first things first, let's go to AI. What is it? Artificial intelligence. What is artificial intelligence? Uh, I would assume... Uh, so- this is where it gets weird because I think we always connect artificial intelligence with computers. And so essentially a computer that can think for itself or some kind of a technology that doesn't need human interaction to do what it needs to do. But then if it needs to change, it can change on its own. And basically it is, I don't want to say self-aware, but self-aware. <laughs> So they take two things. They take code and they take a data set, right? So they got a shit ton of data and then they got a code. They can go and pick apart the data and then give you something, right? Mm -hmm. That something could be anything. That could be intelligent response. It could be a car that drives itself. It could be, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all kinds of if then this type scenarios that do all of these crazy things. In the realm of like manufacturing and all this other stuff, it could be really fucking phenomenal because humans make mistakes, right? So if you can take the human error out of things, and I'm gonna bring up something that that maybe, yeah, no, we're we're, we're fucking talking about this. So uh, years ago, there was a parachute incident. Uh, a young man lost his life. 
because of a lot of things, but one of the biggest factors was the fact that uh, part of the parachute system was not sewn together properly. And by not sewn together properly, meaning it wasn't sewn at all. It went through the machine, but the machine ran out of thread and a person didn't catch it. Mm. So, uh, so if it can be a system that can eliminate human error, right? There's, there's, there's cool stuff there. There's cool stuff. Um, I was watching a bunch of, of YouTube videos, a bunch of other stuff today. And, uh, and one of the things, uh, this video will, if I remember to, I'll put it in the show notes. I usually don't, but I might, I, you never know. Um, but this guy talking about, uh, what the, the uses for AI is going to be and the, the, the trends that are coming. And it's, it talks about, you know, the mundane tasks, and what's funny is this guy contradicts himself literally within four minutes because he's like, it can take over the mundane tasks, leaving, you know, humans to uh, focus on the creative cr- process and the and to create the the artistic and the da 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 da. And then he's like, oh, an AI can be used to make art and take all the make all this creative, wonderful content and da 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 da. Like so immediately he's like, oh no, it's just gonna do everything. Um and, and this is the guy who is standing there going, it's so beautiful as a robot kills him, right? right. <laughs> um, this is, he's one of those guys. But, uh, but the world of AI is massive and yeah. its applications are so far reaching. And unfortunately for us, I think our laziness is fueling the desire because it's not a need it's a desire for AI. Mm-hmm. I I don't know enough about it to like I know what it is, but I don't understand it. Like I think it was it was either Google or Microsoft created created a uh, a code of AI or something like that, and within record time, it created its own language. Mm-hmm. And and by record time, we're talking minutes, not hours, not days. We're talking minutes. Something that it wasn't programmed to do created its own language. I have a hard time speaking English very well. <laughs> You're telling me a computer created its own language, whatever that may look like, in minutes? What if what if we gave that thing an hour to just run? What the hell would have happened? No fucking idea. Because they shut it off. They said, oh, nope, nope, this is bad, and then they shut it off. It's like, Fuck. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Um, watch the movie Ex Machina. Uh, right? That, uh, fuck that movie. It, yes. Um, but it's also kind of cool to see Poe Dameron and freaking, what's his name, you know, together like before they were Star Wars people. Like, For sure. Like, now I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's the coolest pilot ever. Um, right. uh, and he, <laughs> but, but he's kind of an asshole in that movie, though. Oh, he's, and he's, he's a bit of a creep, too. Huge creep. Yeah. Huge creep. Um, yeah. Why were all the robots women? 
Mm, weirdo. But anyway, uh, so, but that movie, you know, the the system learns itself and then it's like out there and it, it escapes and then it's learning and it's becoming something that you'll never know the difference, right? And and it's scary because because it, it let's take the the language thing for instance, it created a new language. So there is nothing other than other AI platforms that can that know that language. And if it taught itself or created that, it can definitely teach other systems that language. And so all of a sudden, now we have all these computer systems that are speaking in a language that we have no idea what it is. Mm. Right? We have no idea what it is. So what do we do? We can pull the power, but you're telling me that if something that can create its own language doesn't have the ability to create some form of freaking backup, like sub power something, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 and there's a lot of doomsday scenarios that we can like go down, but there's some really cool shit that happens. Right. Uh, specifically, if you look into like, uh, uh, the, the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. uh, so these things can be used to, to identify, uh, uh, factors for cancer, uh, how to pick apart cells, right? Um, and and you know that same scary technology where it created its own language, it can go deeper and deeper into like creating or or finding issues with the human body, mm-hmm. and and breaking down how we work. You look at there's a lot of work with DNA, and there's a whole bunch of like the one thing I was watching today was talking about like there's you know I I, I don't know science or math. I didn't do well in biology, but apparently there's a whole bunch of different proteins that make up our DNA, like a lot, like hundreds of them, right? Or thousands of them or millions. I don't even know what the number is. It's still with a lot of zeros and it freaking, it it can like pick them all apart and analyze them and do all these crazy things in, in a very short amount of time, which is awesome. We can isolate stuff now. Right. The conspiracy theorist in me goes, uh, but then somebody's going to take that and they're going to like start tweaking shit, right? And they're going to create this like like group of super soldiers, right? And next thing you know, like we're fighting aliens and there's dudes from like, you know, Captain America's all over the place and fucking like, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Um, and then how are guys like you and me going to compete in the freaking dating market with, you know, you know yeah, all the Captain America's running around, you know, shit. Well... Like there's a there's a stream of videos that they they play out like um, they're testing AI uh, like the robots where like you know they'll push them to make sure like they stay straight or they'll jump and they'll have like you know so they very look look like they're just testing videos and so there was one where they were uh, testing um, this robot's uh, shooting ability. And so it was getting bullseyes like crazy. And then a human would stand in front. It would stop shooting. And it kept doing this, but then they would shove it and stuff. And, you know, granted, these are not actual videos, but like it got one where the guy hit it with something. It held the gun. And then it's bam, bam, took him out, <laughs> turned around, takes out the other two guys. I was like, what the fuck? Because it, it, it legit like runs like this is a, this is a test video. You are getting footage of this testing environment and just that even though it was for entertainment value what if that actually happened and then you have shows like uh black mirror 
that is all about how technology evolves and changes and it and it plays around with it. There's one particular episode where um it's like dystopia like uh people are scrounging and hiding and stuff like that and they're those same style robots that are, you know, very dog like that move in they're just fucking weird. But they they hunt humans down. Very, very end of the world scenario. And th- and that's the thing though, like if if it can create its own language, if we could create an environment that is controllable, that if we needed to, we could shut it down. What else could it do? If if it can create its own language, let's let's just say for argument's sake, given an hour, and this is probably a a, a far uh, reach, but what if it could figure out a way with okay, let's say three days, what if it found a way to essentially cure all diseases in a single shot? Like, so, so I definitely like, you know, granted that's, you know, that's a pretty extreme, but who knows, you know, if you, if you shut a system down because it created its own language within minutes, what happened if that system could run for days? What would it do? What, what things would it teach itself? What things would it discover that we clearly can't figure out on our own? It would figure out that we are faulty and failing and therefore a system that is inefficient and doesn't need to run anymore. That's the scary part. You know, if it goes or, or would it recognize that we are flawed and it actually decided to teach us instead? I think it's easy to jump to doomsday when it comes to AI, but we always jump over like, kind of gloss over the idea of what if the opposite happened? What if instead of it being a doomsday thing where it decided, hey, we're better, we're going to destroy you now, what if it said, you know what? Clearly, these folks have don't have it figured out. I mean, they, you know, they just stopped throwing their own poop at each other. You know, so it's like, what if we help? What if we do something? What if we improve their lives by this, this, and that? And and that's a noble uh, I, like ideology, and that would be great if we would. But the military-industrial complex says that's not going to happen, right? We are we are a nation that spends more money in defense spending and weapons than we do in anything else, right? And the drug makers, the people who can figure that shit out, are are making money, right? They're and and they're making money um, for treatments, not for not for solutions, right? They're not healing or curing anybody. They're just making a lot of money treating people. Um, they're still sick, right? They're just making their treatments better. So big pharma and freaking, we might get zapped for this episode. I don't know. Um, so big pharma <laughs> and the, the, the military industrial complex says that no, that's not going to happen because what one of two things, uh, we need AI to make us money and we need AI to freaking build us weapons and it needs to be a weapon, right? 
Um, and that's one of the things like now, uh, one of the big trends for, you know, like 22, 23 in AI is cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is crazy. Well, AI, we can plug AI in that can learn all of the things. It can learn into language. You can do all these things. But guess what? It got to do then. It'd be like, oh, humans suck. I'm going to take this system over and we can't do anything about it. Shit. People right? Humans create these programs, these ransomware programs. Like, I mean, and even a, a, a huge supporter of the show, Chance from Strive, Seek, Find, um, you know, his school was impacted by a ransomware thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a human program. Yeah. We, we can figure out the human shit, right? We have a system that's creating a language. We don't speak that language. We have no idea what it's saying. There's no way for us to solve that. Right. So, so, so there's that scary part, but again, it's going to be the, the human freaking, uh, uh, you know, uh, selfishness and greed that, that we, we need it to fight our wars. We need it to make us money and that's going to be where we fail. And that's going to be where we fall. It's not going to be a better society. It's not going to be, there aren't enough people that give a shit about society. Nobody cares about their neighbor right now. Not to say that they won't in 10 years, but right now they don't. Nobody gives a fuck about their neighbors. Shit, we were we were being encouraged to report on our neighbors when they were having gatherings of four or more. You know, just uh, that was a year and a half ago, people. It was a year and a half. There was a phone number that you could call and report your neighbors for having gatherings during COVID. That was a real thing. So, skepticism for me on the good nature. Could this be a tool that puts us into some sort of utopian society? Sure. Is it going to be? Fuck no. Why? Because of other humans. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. No, no, well, like, I... But what if... If somebody gives AI a chance and then AI dictates what's going to happen? Like it takes over, so, it becomes the authority, right? And it, but but see, not in an oppressive way. It says, listen, I I control now. Like, listen, I'm speaking as the AI. I, Are you AI? I control what I'm. What? Are you AI? Fucking who knows? Fuck, we might just be in the Matrix right now. We don't fucking know. Somebody give me a blue pill. <laughs> That's a Viagra joke. But anyway. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so. Let's say AI is given a chance and then all of a sudden becomes self-aware, does all this stuff, but then realizes that, you know what? You can't stop me. This is what I'm going to do. So let's say, let's say it figures out a way to cure all cancer. 100%, not just some remission and then it might come back, but 100% single shot done. And then says, hey, guess what? I'm going to put the formula to this available to everyone because then nobody wins. Sure. Then nobody has that, that like, um, I think again, think of COVID where they had this group had this vaccine, this group had this vaccine and this group had this vaccine. Each of them probably had similar, you know, isotopes in it or whatever the fuck that kind of language is. It probably had something they that's They were similar. radioactive? Oh, fuck. I got the shot. Now I'm going to die? <laughs> Dude, we don't know. We, we're we not going to sit here and pretend like we understand what uh, any of that shit was. But they all had something a little bit the same, but a little bit different. Yeah. What if AI figured out a way and said, hey, here's the formula to cure cancer. Here you go, everyone. 
Nobody, nobody would own it. They couldn't. They could say, oh, well, we had it first because it gave it to us first. It's like, no, it didn't. It gave it to everybody. Everybody has access. And the fact that the AI would control it, they would say, hey, guess what? You can say this, but guess what? This person has the exact same formula. This person over here has the exact same formula. That's, that's what I'm talking about, where it would dictate wh- what is used and what isn't and what can be used and what can't be. The, the downside would be if somebody figured out, okay, we got our information. Now we know how to shut this guy down. We shut the AI down. Then all of a sudden, then yeah, then, then it's shit. But I, I think we're already in in some form of that scenario right now, because, I mean, if you look back in was it the 50s and 60s, Nikola Tesla, right, mm-hmm. had the solution to a battery that would never lose power. And Things he conveniently went crazy. He, oh, yeah. He, and Jeffrey Epstein hung himself, you know, um, fucking. But. Things are engineered to fail. They're engineered to fail because then we need to buy repair parts for them. Right? Tell me why there's a car that was built in the 60s that runs like a motherfucking champ. I buy a car like off the lot and a year later it's got to go back in for 97 different recalls for failure parts. Right? But it's it, We're engineering failure. And could AI fix that? Sure. Are we going to allow it? You know? No. Because that's where, you know, again, uh, I, I got a chance to sit down with Robbie from Out of the Blank and uh, and talk about, you know, um, well, shit, with Robbie, I love the guy. We talk about, you talk about everything when you sit down with him. Um, I, we went from JFK to freaking Jesus Christ. It was all over. But anyway, one of the things we talked about, you know, was, you know, uh, the things being uh, engineered to fail and and things that, that are, you know, they just, they, they break right away mm-hmm. um, because you need to keep that going. And, and money, you know, it is it is fueled by money. We have the technology and the ability to create things that are sustaining and lasting and long and go forever. We have that technology already. It exists, but it's not going out. Um, and I have to believe, I absolutely have to believe that in, in the realm of healthcare and medical facilities, like there's... We, there, there are cures, not treatments. There are cures available. But we make more money off the treatments so the cures stay back. And and you can call me crazy. You can call me a conspiracy. I don't give a fuck. You can call me whatever you want to. Just don't call me late for dinner, right? Um, it, it's it, you haven't, Don't make a face at me. Um, but I, I, I believe that's the thing. Cancer is a money-making machine, and that's which that sucks. And and for people who have which, suffered through it and have lost, you know, dear loved ones to it, you know, um, I'm sure those words are falling uh, uh, very harshly on some ears right now. I'm I'm sure they are, and I I do not intend them to hurt or to or to trigger pain or or negative emotions. I don't. That's not my intention. Um, but I I just I believe. There's no way. There's absolutely no way we can figure out how to do some things with technology. And we have these people that are so smart and can figure out all of these things. And we can't figure out this. We can't figure out some cells. We can create human life in a tube. 
but we can't save it? Fuck off. Yeah, we can. We're just not. Like travel from the AI conversation. Well, no, but like it's still relevant though, because there's a part of me that wants to desperately believe that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. But then there's that part of me that goes, that sounds like that's about right. Because it very much seems like we can't do what's good for everyone. We only do what's good for us. And I'm not talking like us as in the United States. I'm talking as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, which, honestly, I think I think AI could answer that issue. I think it could correct that problem. Because then it wouldn't be a, oh, you know, this person is going to make a whole bunch of money, so then I'll just make sure I do it this way. It'd be like, no. This is a this is a world need that clearly like again like if if AI figured out a way to cure cancer or AIDS or or other terrible diseases that that kill people uh, you know by the minute and it could be done tomorrow just if if that answer could be found through AI then why the fuck not. You know, this kind of comes back to uh, when we uh, discussed uh, aliens forever ago, where it's like, we're so afraid of what we don't know because I think of Hollywood, how Hollywood has always built AI to be bad. Mm-hmm. I think the only variation of AI that was good was, um, what was the one with uh, Robin Williams? Um, Artificial Intelligence. No, that no, it, would, it was not called artificial intelligence. I'm about to go, I, I'm I, about to hit the Google I, machine. I, yeah, how much you want to put you no, want you want to put some money on it? That had the kid, it that one had the kid from uh, Sixth Sense in it. That one was called artificial intelligence. I'm patiently waiting because I know that movie. It was not called artificial intelligence. Haley Joel Osment. He looks he, big and He big. was in AI. Okay. Okay, so you were you were right about that. I say I'm I'm looking at it right now. Hang on. Uh Bicentennial Man. There we go. Where it was AI and then he eventually became human and all that other stuff. You know, that was at least in my experience with Hollywood and how they portray AI, that is the only time it was ever portrayed as a good thing. Still, but even even times in the movie, it was skeptical. It was people were still weird about it and everything, but still overall a good thing. Like um, iRobot, it was bad. Everybody disliked it and you know, blah, 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 even though it was misunderstood. You realize that the ones that aren't doomsday are ones that are simply misunderstood. But then the ones that are clearly doomsday are it's like, oh, it's evil. It's going to kill us and everything. It's like I think everybody's so afraid of the doomsday scenario 
that nobody even gives it a second thought of the positive result. Because it's 50-50. It could go either way. We don't know because we won't allow it to do what it could do. I have to go back to the language incident, though. Right? So here's a bunch of Mm -hmm. brilliant people in the room with a system that they created. And the system that they created started doing something that scared them enough to shut it off. So with their knowledge of the system, they knew that there was safety in turning it off. That gives me enough pause. Right? So could it be a good thing? It absolutely could be. Could it be used to do things? And 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 I think it is. And I think right now the primary aspects of it are, you know, you look at the manufacturing realm, you look at all these other places where, I mean, it's going to cost people their jobs, um, mm-hmm. you know, but... Uh, but but in those realms, I I think there's absolute you know uh, there's great applications for that. There are mm-hmm. and and you can put limiting factors right. Um, you know it only has a access to so much data, so it can figure out how to move uh, more intelligently and more efficiently within this realm. And and in manufacturing, I think. Uh, and then, you know, they, they talk about supply chain. Uh, I, I feel as though uh, Lowe's needs to get some artificial intelligence plugged into their fucking supply chain so I can get a goddamn dryer in my house. Um, I'll probably edit that out, or maybe I won't, depending upon what happens here in the next couple of days. But, uh, but anyway, um, you know, so there's applications for it, but there's other applications where it could. It could go off the rails. And, and just like everything else, especially here in the U.S., like we're, you know, <laughs> we need to answer two questions. Uh, can it make me money? And can we use it as a weapon? Right? Because that's, that's the mm-hmm. American way. You know, that's that's kind of how, that's what our government does. You know, and so that that, that makes me me nervous. Now, let's, let's shift gears for just a second, right? Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the creative environment. And let's talk about mm-hmm. art for for a minute now uh we have a, a wonderful friend and and great support of the show uh darius uh d saying he's been on i think a couple times now uh love the guy who's getting into some of that ai art and and stuff like that and uh so he would be a, a much better one to talk intelligently about this but here's the thing um i've been on tiktok lately and uh and if we were streaming live i would show you the picture that ai created of me uh, via TikTok, and uh, and I am a handsome motherfucker. Um, well, hey, I have something here to show you. So I had an app for a short time. I wrote in a couple of uh, interesting uh, tidbits of what kind of image I was looking at or wanted to look at, and I know the podcast can't see this, and actually, you know what? Instead of trying to show it on the webcam... I'm just going to send it to you. So, we'll, I mean, I, I assume you'll edit this out, but. Oh, no, it's staying. Well, this okay. is all staying. So, okay. So, I just sent uh, Ian uh, an image that was created out of me putting uh, a few prompts in. And then it created itself. Now. Oh, I just got pictures. Look at your hair. 
dude, I am a Disney fucking prince, let me tell you. Anyway, so looking at Josh's picture, it's a landscape picture. It's got like a fountain thing in the center, and uh, it's like a city built into a hill, which is gorgeous and beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And prompts that you put in created this, but a computer yes. made this. Yes. A computer, right? I think Van- that's great. You- so I disagree. I think that's great. I, I, so oh, no, to I me, this great. is terrifying because... If now our, our creativity is in this little box that we hold into our hands, right? Mm-hmm. Do we lose Van Gogh? No. Do we lose Monet? Absolutely not. And, and you say no. But no, when because- but when uh some crazy dude like can throw paint on a canvas, right? But you can create something like that just by saying seven mm-hmm. words and pressing a button on your phone. What hope does the the artist have who spends hours creating a masterpiece in their basement? Same, the same argument could be said for the person who spends eighteen hours or eighty hours making a a beautiful painting compared to the other painters who poke holes in buckets and have the buckets attached to strings, and then they just let them dump paint on the canvas and then they sell that canvas for $10,000. Why are you, why, it's the same why are you hating on Pollock right now? No, oh, no, no, no. Pollock was totally different. He was very precise. <laughs> he was messy with purpose. His splatters okay? were intentional. <laughs> Do you, okay. We're, we're, we should have talked about this last time, <laughs> but, but no, but legit. Um, again, on TikTok, you you find particular artists who literally have a big gallon bucket with a whole bunch of different colors of paint in it. They have holes in it, and they let it go, and it does one pass, and then that's it. They literally spend like 10 seconds, and that is fine art. So when you have an AI prompt to make a beautiful landscape compared to somebody who's going to paint that beautiful landscape, it's the exact same fucking thing. It's just a quicker means of making art. So it art from what it used to be has deteriorated into what can make me money quicker. It's gone away from being about the process. Um, Bob Ross said it perfectly. Happy trees. Ah, shit. God, I fucking, and I told myself, I watched it, I'm like, oh, I should save this, and I didn't. But he talks about how if you are happy with your artwork when you're done, he's like, then you have, your career in art is over. You should never be satisfied when you're done. Because that means there's more for you to learn, there's more for you to do. But, of course, he said it in his Bob Ross way, you know, which made me feel, you know, the warms and fuzzies. But it, but still, the fact that AI can make these crazy images, and, and those were just some landscape ones. I have some other ones that are kind of weird but cool at the same time. It just, it shows that there is more than just human thought behind creativity. That creativity can can come from whatever. 
it it's all it's already around us. We are just choosing not to see it. So like some of the images that I've seen, um, I found one. It's like a steampunk rabbit and these big old goggles, this crazy jacket on. It's like okay, AI put that together, but someone could have thought of that. And now, if somebody were to make something like that, and that image that AI created is already out there, somebody's like, oh, you're just copying that. So the only thing that would be bad with this AI stuff is that it's it's taking claim to creativity. And it's taking that a little bit away. But at the same time, people aren't trying anymore to be creative. They're looking for quick results. Especially when it comes to the creative process. And I've I've been guilty of this plenty of times. But as somebody who appreciates art, I can't just ignore how incredible that kind of technology is. Putting in a couple of prompts and it comes up with this beautiful image. That's fucking amazing. It it does. You put in some prompts and it comes up with a beautiful image. But we're taking the work away. Right? It, I was it, never going to paint that. Fuck that. <laughs> okay, sure. You weren't. But the, all that does is that just plays into our laziness. Right? Uh, and, and in this case, when it comes to creativity, when it comes to, you know, the human spirit coming out through a paintbrush or through a song or through writing, shit, there is AI now. There, there are apps Right where you can put in, if I wanted to write a show on, mm-hmm. uh, why whiskey just did a show on uh, on uh, John Henry. Mm-hmm. So uh, all I would have to do was write uh, in this box, John Henry, Scott Nelson Reynolds, who's like one of the premier John Henry historians. Mm-hmm. Is it real sources, and hit enter. And this thing would write me a 10-page paper with proper citing and sources and all of that shit on its own. Now, I haven't done a lick of research. I haven't done a damn thing. I now have a 10-page paper ready to go mm-hmm. that is unique. That I did not that that is not plagiarized. Right? We lose. We stop using brain function. We stop learning how to do things. We don't need to be curious anymore because there's a, there's a, a, a program that's going to be curious for us. Like, like that kind of stuff, like writing. No, like in the creative realm, I, I don't think AI has a place because we are going to, that will be a spot where we die. Where, <clears throat> oh, hi frog. The, uh, sorry, go ahead. The people who the people who are lazy, that will be their downfall. I think people who are genuinely creative, and they can they can appreciate what is made by AI, but they still don't lose their creativity and they still don't lose their drive to make something of their own. Um. I think will always be there and that will always win. 
now there there definitely is a generation of folks who who are eating this AI art stuff up because there is no work involved. All they have to do is type in a couple of things and then there you go, you're done. But the folks who genuinely have art in mind, they can appreciate it, but their process will never go away. They will keep doing what they're doing. And, and a part of it definitely comes down to especially with AI that is is usable, it comes down to the user. It comes down to human error. Like we talked about, you know, a lot of the shit, you know, is built to last, but then is always getting fucked up because human error. And AI is is no no exception. Because guess what? You can you can use it for whatever you want, or at least, you know, in whatever regards you're using it. But guess what? You can fuck it up. You you can use it too much. And then you're like, oh, I don't know how to be creative anymore. I'm just going to type in this thing and it'll give me what I want. So it's fuck AI, man. I, I think it has a really great place in certain applications, but I, I, I also believe it needs to be dealt with cautiously because it can yeah. <clears throat> it can take over some shit. And mm-hmm. and it, it could be a bad thing. Uh, it could definitely be something, you know. Uh, I saw a video, and it was probably on TikTok, of uh, an AI program was asked to write the evolution or draw the evolution of man, mm-hmm. right? From the beginning to, you know, a thousand years in the future. And the progress went from slimy goo to frog to monkey to us. And then it started looking like robots, right? The AI program said, this is how the humans are going to evolve. I'm not saying this AI program has it all figured out, but, you know, but for a program that can think and can take factors of well cool you know evolutionary freaking timelines and all this other shit you know um and then puts that like that well to me it was one of those deals where like that's one of those that's one of those things where like it's it looks super cool Mm -hmm. but there may be a warning there you know there may be a freaking there may be a warning like yeah this is where we're heading if we don't you know and, and ultimately Dude, the sun's gonna blow up. Everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna die. You know what I mean? Like, like Earth is finite. Earth right. is not going to survive. Um, our galaxy is not going to survive. Space is is gonna do what space does, and eventually we're all gonna go away anyway. Um, if we don't all kill each other first, and that's another thing too. Like before the AI gets to us, we may just freak up and nuke in the shit out of each other, and you know we are in just a, a completely destroyed, chaotic state. Um, you know, cue freaking The Walking Dead without zombies. We're just trying to survive an apocalyptic freaking post-world, you know, um, or right. post-apocalyptic world. So, so I, I get that, but it's nerve-wracking because this is something that could take shape like in our lifetime. And if not our lifetime, then definitely the lifetime of our children. 
I honestly, I think we're, I think especially with uh, a lot of the apps that, uh, that it uses for like creative stuff, I think we're seeing it now. Um, I, I think one of the best ways that we could move forward with AI is first figure out a way to create an environment that AI could explore in, but then only give it so much leeway. Now, obviously, if you have a system that's self-learning and self-aware, it could probably find a way out or bypass shit like that, which, you know, kind of sucks, but like, we can't be so afraid of it that we aren't willing to do anything with it. Because if we don't do anything with it, nothing will change. I, 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 I refuse to believe that if we can't, if we can't approach stuff like this without some form of courage and, and, I, I think that sets us up to fail anyways because all new discoveries require courage, all of them. Like, like if we look back in history, some of the biggest discoveries required somebody to be courageous. Yes, 100% agree. A person had to be create, like courageous. A person had to sit on a rocket full of fuel, right, that is disgustingly combustible and hope that some scientist did their math to where it's not going to blow them to smithereens, right? Um, right? And there are scenarios where some of those people did get blown to smithereens and the people after them had to display courage to come back and say, hey, they got it wrong that time, but they got it right this time. I have faith in them. We're going to go, you know? Um, so, yes, cur- like being courageous uh, is is a thing, and that's where we we go. But if if we don't have to be courageous, and that's another thing too, like we're we are safetying ourselves into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Everything is dangerous. Everything, I you know, uh, and and I'm I'm going to sound like a boomer, and and that's okay. But like you know, I, we look back at the you know seatbelts. Right. I sat on dad's lap and drove the car as a kid. I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I sat in the back of our station wagon on numerous trips, multiple times. Uh, you were in a car seat, but man, the rest of us were in the back of a station wagon without a goddamn seatbelt on. Right. Um, you know, uh, so courage comes from the ability to or the freedom to put ourselves in dangerous situations. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, when I say dangerous, I'm not saying reckless, right. We're not freaking Johnny Knoxville and freaking uh, jackass over here. Right. But that sense of adventure comes from being put into dangerous situations. Then, then AI should be no, should be no exception. It is dangerous. It but it is something that needs to be explored. Okay, but let's okay, so but how do we balance the fact so I 
in order for me to like get my adventurous spirit, right? I've got to climb this crazy rock and I go climb this crazy mm-hmm. rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I climb the rock and now I have confidence, right? So cool. So I'm going to go from that rock and I'm going to hop into an airplane mm-hmm. and I'm going to jump out of that airplane. Mm-hmm. Right. So the confidence I gained from the rock is now giving me the ability to jump out of the airplane. Um, there's a lot of factors that can stop that airplane. There's a lot of factors that can stop me from jumping out of that airplane. The scary part about AI is that it can learn how to work around those other factors. And then it can take control over those factors Mm -hmm. and it can do it better and smarter than us. So yes, you know, there, there's a, you know, somebody could be adventurous and take a risk on AI, but that adventure and that risk, you know, versus me climbing the rock, I'm threat to no one but myself. I fall off the rock and I die just me and a very small circle of people that are impacted by my loss. You're talking about something that could literally change the landscape of humanity as we know it. Because somebody didn't unplug a machine in time before that thing figured out how to keep everybody away from its power source or established a new power source that nobody knew about. And it lost, you know what I mean? But the, the, the tone in which you're talking is if it's bad. We have no definitive proof that if AI did its thing, that it would be bad. It's a system, right? Okay. How do we, the system is going to find faults and correct the faults. The system is going to find weaknesses and adjust itself to the weaknesses. It's either going to find ways to eliminate them or work around them altogether, right? It's a computer program that's going to do that. Guess what humans are? We're not a computer program. We're weaknesses. We're faults. Well, yeah, we, but- we start wars with each other. We have emotions. We have feelings that freaking regulate our goddamn actions. Like, like we are, uh, uh, our computers, the human computer is fucked, right? And, and we're designed that way. And that was, that's what makes us beautiful creatures. Um, but a computer is going to look at that as a flawed system. And what's it going to do to a flawed system? It's going to fix it. How do we know that? Uh, are we you willing make, to take that risk? That... And you're going to end up There's locked up party. in a freaking, in a house in Alaska to die of starvation because you fell in love with the robot. <laughs> She's hot as fuck, but like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but see, here's the here's the thing, though. In in regards to that, his humanity was tricked because of his base desires. Now, if we so think think about it this way, the, okay. So, and we're talking about what is it, uh, ex machina or whatever. Yeah. He he fell in love with something. He didn't understand. He fell in love with the human idea 
of what this AI was. Plain and simple. Okay. AI had a different plan. But see, the thing is, they stopped it at a perfect time because you don't know what the AI was going to do. It ended with, like, the AI standing in, like, Times Square or something like that. Yes. And then it was just, and then it was just done. Now, I think that plays on the, oh, no, what's going to happen? Oh, it's going to be terrible. Or did that AI simply live out a life? Potentially. That AI did kill its creators. Well, because he was a schmuck. He deserved to die. I mean, <laughs> come on. A computer determined that. Not a justice system, right? And granted, our justice system, maybe we need to, maybe like, we need to, our justice I say maybe we need to plug AI fraud? into our justice system and, and get that motherfucker fixed. <laughs> maybe there we could, we could benefit from AI, but like, uh, but so in, there is a profession now though. And this is another one of those areas for, uh, that, that makes me pause, right? Mm-hmm. There are AI, uh, estheticians. Hold on. Ethicists. There are AI ethicists because parts of AI are unethical. Interesting. There, there is a profession where there are, are people that have to go in and make sure that the AI systems are running ethically and that there are codes of conduct that are instilled and running in these things, Right. But this is a program that can learn a brand new language all in and of itself. So you can't tell me it can't get around a fucking code of conduct. Like, fuck you. Um, you know what I mean? But but there's a person, a human, to make sure that the AI is running under ethical standards. Why? Because we feel like there needs to be one. Because it's oh, it's a part of technology that we don't know and we don't understand. So what's the first thing we do? We throw some rules at it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right there. You're right. It and and you know what? And it comes back to the whole it could go either way. We have no fucking idea. True. We have no fucking idea. It it could literally end the world to tomorrow. If because somebody didn't shut hit the power button quick enough, you know, or or it could solve all our problems. We have no idea. We have no fucking idea. We can we can sit here and talk for fucking hours and days and months or whatever and and just guess. But we have no idea. We have no idea what this shit's going to do. And and I think at some point we will. And. It's either going to be, man, why didn't we do this sooner? Or it's going to be like, well, we did. <laughs> you know, it again, it's it's a toss up, and and I think it's the I'm I try to be optimistic that it's the it's me trying to be optimistic that it would be a good thing because you know that's that's just how I'm. I want to, you know, live my life, but AI, man. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot there and it's a lot of the unknown. Um, 
and and maybe we have been conditioned to fear first and that's that's quite possible and if we have then so be it you know uh i I came to the table tonight wanting to really put my foot down on the creative side of the house i don't feel like i did that i feel like we went into like ai taking over the world but um i i would like to see restrictions on the ai creativity art that kind of stuff you know um we that is one area where we are already struggling you know um but an area that i feel is super important we need we need artists we need people who can create amazing things um with their brains and their fingers not with a a little box that has a code that somebody wrote you know what i mean um and and regulating something like that i think makes sense to where there's there's some kind of uh, a process in place to determine if this was created you know, by artificial intelligence or by the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, there there definitely needs to be something there um, for that, you know, because like I I fuck with this stuff just because I think it's fun, but if it's if it's people using it for their creative stuff, like it's like okay, yeah, they're just. Come putting on. in words into a bar and hitting enter does like that that yeah. takes no creativity at all you know no. um so that's so that that's really where like i i worry uh music is another part jesus christ i sound like i smoke a pack a day music is another one you know i don't think ai has any any part to play in the realm of music you know uh, let let the musicians create the music because an AI For could sure. create a perfect symphony, but we don't give a shit about perfection. It's often the flaws that we find, you know, the flaws of somebody throws a minor key and all of a sudden it changes the entire sound structure. And that, that change is what gets us, the, the, the hook, right? The beat drops, right? All human-timed interactions. Like I don't think AI has any part in in the creative realm at all. Manufacturing those kinds of things in the industrial side of the house, sure. Keep the the creativity side stuff. Stop. You're you're messing with, you're flirting with danger. So, all right. Uh, so, do we have been at this for a fucking hot minute right now? Yeah. This is a, this is a, this is a good talk. Um. So I'm gonna say that we need a part two. Uh. And I okay. think we will bring because we we know uh, an artist that uses AI uh, for some mm-hmm. of their work. So I think uh, it's time to bring Darius back and uh, and sit down with him and talk specifically the the AI side of the house and uh, and see what how he feels about it. Maybe we'll bring uh, Mike Amland from uh, Pedestrian at Best, who is an actual like he's like a, a guitar player for a band. So uh, we'll get a a real artist. And an AI artist. Sorry to offend anybody if you know an AI artist isn't real. It wasn't my intention to piss anybody off. Um, but we'll get uh, a musician and an AI artist together and uh, and talk through the the process and go from there. So sounds great. Yeah. All right, Bobby. You ready? Good talk. Hit the music. Yeah. <laughs>